Okay, welcome everyone. Bruchim Abayim. I want to share with you some insights on Parshas Balak. Uh, this weekend's learning are dedicated by Dr. and Mrs. Mayor Fuchs, Lili Nishmas's grandmother, Asr Malka, Bas, Yosef Chaim, whose yard site was Tess Tamos. I want to share with you something that I was thinking a lot about uh, this week, and that is the unusual combination of Parshas Chukas and Balak. Um, I began sharing with you some ideas on uh, Wednesday. I want to develop further. Usually, when two parshas are combined, it's because there's a common theme. For example, Vayak el Pekude, Tazriya Metzayra. But the storyline, the narrative of Chukas, is unrelated, seemingly, to the narrative of Balak. Chukas talks about the Paraduma. Balak talks about the story of Bilam cursing Klal Yisrael. So I saw in the Sefer Nachlas Yosef that he wants to compare, he wants to um, uncover the following connection, namely the end of Chukas, towards the end of Chukas, it says, Parak Chaf Aleph, Pasuk Laman Aleph, Vayeshev Yisrael B'Yeretz Ho'amoyri. And in the beginning of Balak it says, Vayar Balak Ben Sipayar, Eskal Asher Asa Yisrael Lo Amoyri. So the common theme between Chukas and Balak is the Klai Yisrael dwelling in the land of the Amoiri, and then Parshas Balak, Balak seeing what Klai Yisrael did to the Amoiri. We could add to that the last pasuk of Chukas. It says, Vayisu b'nei Yisrael, Vayachenu ba'arvoyismoyav. So therefore we continue in Balak, Vayagar mayav. Another connection that occurred to me is that Chukas, of course, talks about the Paraduma, and in Balak, Bilam says, Mi mana afar Yaakov. Who could count the dust of Jacob? Rashi explains, there's no count, there's no cheshvan to the mitzvahs that were mekayim with afar. One of the examples Rashi gives is the efer para aduma. But it occurred to me, a gift from Shamayim, a very important and basic connection between Balak and Chukas. We know that Bilam had a special connection with the Chet Ho'egal. The Arizal reveals that the Neshama of Ba'ar, the father of Bilam, was in the Egel. Moreover, the Arizal reveals, who made the Egel? The two sons of Bilam, Yunus and Yumbarus. These two guys are alluded to when it says that Bilam took Shneina Aravimai. The Targum Yonasem Menuzil says, who are these guys? Yunus and Yumbarus. So Bilam's father was in the Egel. Bilam's sons made the Egel. Bilam was particularly connected to Egel. That's why we find that when he was unsuccessful in cursing Klal Yisrael, Vayoshes al Hamidbar Panov, Targum says, Vishavi Lamadbara da Abdu Beigla Apoi. Bilam focused and honed in on the Chid Ho'egel because he knew that would be the soft underbelly, the vulnerable point of the Jewish people. That was his Pesach to be able to curse Klal Yisrael. By the way, this explains why the donkey says to Bilam, why are you hitting me these three regalim? Rashi says, the donkey was saying to Bilam, Bilam, you're going to uproot a nation that observes the three regalim? Why is the donkey focusing in on the fact that Klai Yisrael observes three regalim? So we once said over from the Sefer Kasnaisar that in the Shalish regalim, including Chalamay, there are 360 hours the Chedo Egel was done Bashesh in the six hours. So the, the Regalim are Mevato the Chedo Egel Bashishim. 
360 hours is Mavatel the six hours. So we see that Bilam is particularly connected to the Ched Ho'egel. Rashi tells us what is the reason for the Paraduma. The Paraduma is a Kapara for the Egel. Oh, now we've uncovered a beautiful connection between Chukas and Balak. Balak is Bilam trying to curse Klal Yisrael by honing in, zooming in on the Chedo Egel. So Hashem gives us the Tikkun to the Chedo Egel and the protection from the curses of Bilam with Parshas Chukas and the Paraduma. It's like the Rafua before the Makkah. And now it comes out that we see great wonders from the Torah. Because we always read Balak before Shiva Asabatamas. And of all the f- tragedies that happened on Shiva Asabatamas, the first one was the breaking of the Luchais, which was a result of the Chet Ho'egal. You think it's a coincidence? The whole Parshas Balak, the whole curse of Bilam, was to try to magnify the Chet Ho'egal, which is Shiva Asabatamas. That's why we read the Parsha of Shiva Asabatamas as Parshas Balak. It's the Parsha where Bilam is trying to utilize the the gaping hole in Klal Yisrael that was caused by the Ched Ho'egal. But we can say further, Rabbi Say. You know what another connection between Chukas and Balak is? Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock. But lest you think our leader, our tzaddik hit the rock, so we, ha- we juxtapose another parsha. We talk about the leader of the nations of the world. The leader of the nations of the world, they don't hit the rock. They hit animals. They hit Balchai, and they do it now once, three times. So it's just to sort of highlight the only, the only misstep, minor, that Moshe Rabbeinu took was he hit the rock. But Bilam, Bilam wasn't even allowed to hit the, his donkey, and he did it three times. Okay. I want to show you another example of HaKadosh Baruch Hu utilizing our enemy to bring about the result that he wants. To hijack the plan of the enemy to accomplish, um, to, to make the plan of the enemy backfire. We won't spoke at, le- at length. The name of the shir is preserving the hidden life force of Mayav. That Balak understood that the soul of Mayav and the spark of Kedusha in Mayav that keeps it going is I just have to mute everyone because there's some background noise. But the uh, the hidden life force of Maya was David Amalek, and the plan of Balak was somehow to preserve that David Amalek should not come to the fruition. He should remain latent in uh, in Maya forever. So what does he do? He calls Bilam. And Bilam says, let's curse the Jewish people, let's let's protect them from ever getting David. What advice does Bilam give Balak? He advises him to build Mizbeach after Mizbeach after Mizbeach. The Gemara says that even though Balak was doing an Avera, but he was like serving Hashem, Shalei Lashma. And therefore he was Zoycha to have Rus. Balak was calling Bilam so that Rus would never come to fruition and David would never come to fruition. But by calling Bilam, 
Bilam's advice backfired so much that in the zuchus of listening to this advice of Bilam and building these 42 Mizbechais, look who came about, none other than Rus and David himself. I would like to highlight another very important point. On the Pasuk Perk Chavbez, Pasuk Yod, Rashi says that Bilam tells God, even though I'm not important in your eyes, I am important in the eyes of the king, Mayav. Vayomer Bilam el ho'eloikim, Balak ben Sipar, Melech Mayav shalach Eloi. Balak ben Sipar, he called me. What he was saying is, I might not be important in your eyes, God, but I'm important in the eyes of the king. How does Rashi know that Bilam is saying to God, I may not be important in your eyes, but I'm, I'm important in the eyes of Balak? Rashi Lechayr knows it because he's emphasizing. Bilam is emphasizing. Ah, oh, you know who called me? The great king Balak ben Sipar. In other words, maybe you don't think I'm important to God, but, Ma, but Balak does. Perhaps we could say, you know, what was the source of Bilam's wickedness? How did he plummet how did he fall to such a low level that he's living with his donkey? I would humbly suggest the root of his evil was the fact that in Bilam's mind, he thought God did not value him. And how do we know that? Because he says it openly to God. I may not be important in your eyes. Whoever told Bilam he's not important to Hashem? But Bilam had this inferiority complex that Hashem didn't think he's important. And that is the most dangerous feeling that a human being could have. If you don't think that God thinks you're important, then you're capable of committing the most despicable sins. As Rabbeinu Yoyna says, the first Pesach in serving Hashem is to recognize your own value. The moment you think that you're not Choshev in the eyes of Hashem, that's the moment that the downfall begins. I would I would add, you know, on the Pasuk Ushnei Aravimai, Rashi says, from here we learn that an important person should not go out without two attendants. That's why Bilam took two um, two attendants with him. And I was wondering why why should we learn out from here? Why should this be the source that one should not Why should this be the source that one should not uh, go out on their own without two, that an important person should not go out on their own without um, two attendants? I mean, is this the best place to learn it from? You know, Rashi didn't say that by the Akedah, that when Avram Avinu took Shnei Na'arav, so why do we say it here? I would humbly suggest because the Torah is addressing what Bilam thought. Bilam thought in the eyes of Hashem that he's not important. Hashem says, what are you talking about? You're not important in my eyes. You're going to be the source that an important person should not go out without two attendants. You're wrong. You're misinterpreting yourself. You have an inferiority complex. I think you're very important. I think you're so important you're going to be the source that an important person should not go out without two servants. 
You think you're not important. Okay. Then on the Pasuk, L'Satan Loi, Rashi says that the angel was a impediment to him. Rashi says it was an angel of mercy. Question, how does Rashi know it was an angel of mercy? Maybe it was an angel of punishment. Sibsei Chachamim says, well, it says, the Malach went, L'Satan Loi, to be an impediment for him, which implies for others he was merciful. But I would say very simply, you know how we know that it was a merciful angel? Because it said, Vayichar Af Eloi Kim, the Midas Hadin got angry, and Vatera Asenes Malach Hashem, the angel is called the Malach Havaya, the, the Malach of Rachamim. Okay. Then Bilam says, if it's if you don't want me to go, I won't go. Bilam was mocking God. He was, he was saying to the angel, "Yeah, this is God's uh, uh, modus operandi. He tells someone to do something, then he tells the angel, tell him not to do it. Then he told Avram, go shecht Yitzchak, and then he told uh, the angel, tell him not to." I think this is a very important moment because we know that Bilam stands against Avraham Avinu. That's why Bilam got up early in the morning, can I get Avraham Avinu? And he saddled his own donkey, can I get Avraham Avinu? In this moment, Bilam is demonstrating his relative insignificance compared to Avraham. Because Avraham was the one who did the Akedah. And he was never Meharher Achar Midoisav. And Bilam didn't do the Akedah. And here he is challenging the ways of Hashem that this is what Hashem's modus operandi is. Now in Perk Chav Dalet, Pasuk Yud, it says, Vayisboik es Kapav. Vayisboik es Kapav. <clears throat> There's a, an amazing insight of the Smichas Chachamim. Rav Naftali Katz, I had this chus to be at his kever in Istanbul on his yard site, where he says in Moed Katan it talks about Sufikas Kapov. Sufikas Kapov, where they take the palm and they hit one palm on the other. And Kaf al Kaf. And the Smichas Chachamim says, you know, you know, the gematria of Kaf is a hundred. The other Kaf is a hundred, a total of two hundred. And he says, this has a Kabbalistic significance. Namely, you know, even though nowadays Hashem's name is Yudke Vavke, La'asid Lava is going to be Yudke Yudke. Yudke Yudke. And that's alluded to in the Pasuk, Bayoy Mahu, Yihiyah Hashem Achad Ushmayachad. Yihiyah. If the, you take the Yudke Yudke, and you do the following type of um, method of gematria. Yud times the hay is 50. Hay times the yud is 50. That's 100. Then again, yud times the next hay is 50. Hay times the yud is 100. Total is 200. God's name of the future using the system of hakaa is 200. When at a levaya people are mesapik, kaf al kaf, it's a tefillah. They're, they're asking, the Mispala, we want the end of days to come already. We want the end of days to come already. 
It's a tefilo macha Hashem elokim dima meal kapanim. So perhaps what Balak was saying when he saw that Bilam was not successful in cursing Kal Yisrael, and he knew it was inevitable that David Amelech would come out, he sort of was hitting hand to hand, meaning sort of acknowledging that it's inevitable that David would come out. And that's why in response, Bilam says, I'm going to let you know what in fact will happen in the end of days. Now one last ta'ara, my good friend, Rabbi Yeshua Falak Greenspan, Shui Greenspan, asked me, you know, the, the nuance of detail at the end of the parsha is a bit different than in the beginning of the parsha. In the beginning of the parsha, it says, "Immediately, Balak Malay basic has a zav lo yuchal lavras pi Hashem Eloi Kai la asos gedoyla oiketana." So it says Hashem Eloi Kai and gedoyla or ketana. And here, it just says, "Immediately, Balak Malay basic has a lo yuchal lavras pi Hashem." Doesn't say Eloi Kai. Rashi's bothered why it doesn't say Eloi Kai, but. Uh, my friend Shui Greenspan asks, but it also here says something different. It says, Toiva Oira, not Gadoilo or Katana. So perhaps we could suggest that the Vilna Goin explains what does it mean, Gadoilo or Katana? Bilam wanted to take Gadoila, the Shem Havaya, and make it Ka, make it smaller. Or take uh, the Kale. Which is small and make it big, Eloi Kim, because Ka is a midas hadin, Eloi Kim is a midas hadin. He wanted to take Shem Avaya big and make it Ka. He wanted to take Kale Din and make it Eloi uh, Kale Rachamim and make it Eloi Kim. So in the beginning of the parsha, Bilam concedes there's nothing he could do to harm us, not make a bigger name smaller, smaller name big. But now at the end of the parsha, he has to concede. Not only can he can he not harm us. He can't even bless us. He can't even do good to us. He has no control at all. He can't even do toiva ayra'a. Okay, these are some thoughts on Parshas Balak. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, the uh, Ha'arais, the imponderables on Parshas Balak.